Hi listeners, welcome to our third annual listener sode and our last episode of 2021. Just like we did in 2019 and 2020, we are wrapping up this year of SSR by handing the mic over to the people who truly make this podcast what it is. You! Seriously though, before I go any further, I want to take a minute to thank each and every one of you for all that you've done for this community in 2021. Whenever I think that building SSR and being part of this community myself can't possibly get any more rewarding, somehow it does. 2021 has been a year of growth and excitement for the podcast. We've welcomed incredible guests to the show, started an SSR book club, talked about wonderful books, and invited so many new listeners and readers into our family. Since we are smack in the middle of the holiday season as I record this, I have to get a little cheesy and say that, once again, SSR has been a true gift in my life this past year. I can't wait to see what's ahead in 2022 and beyond. Speaking of the holiday season and gifts, a quick note for those last-minute present shoppers out there. If you have any book lovers, especially audiobook lovers, on your list, there is still time to grab them a gift that will keep on giving, a membership to Libro FM. When you shop with Libro FM, you're supporting independent bookstores, which I think always feels great. The audiobooks you get from Libro FM are exactly the same as the ones you would buy from the big guys, and they're the same price too. SSR listeners can get a discount on their first audiobook purchase from Libro FM. Go to Libro FM, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and use code SSRPODCAST when prompted on the site to get a two-month audiobook membership for the price of just one month. That's right, we have a new code. Again, use code SSRPODCAST, not SSRPOD, to cash in on that deal. Let's get into the listener sode. If you are new to this very cool format, it's basically an opportunity for fans of the show to share their thoughts and opinions with the rest of the SSR audience. A few weeks ago, I prompted you with eight questions. What you're about to hear is a compilation of the responses to those eight questions. I am so grateful to the listeners who participated this year, and I can't wait to introduce you to them. Now, for the last time in 2021, let's go to the show. Welcome to the SSR Podcast. You may recognize SSR as an elementary school era abbreviation for silent sustained reading, but if you don't, that's okay. What it stands for here is Shit She Read. Each week, we'll crack the binding on an old school read written for kids or teens and talk about it from a kind of grown-up perspective. We'll obsess over heartthrobs, relive the frustrations of middle school, and say an occasional WTF to a beloved author. If we haven't met yet, I'm your host, Ali Hofkosik freelance writer, lifelong bookworm, and lover of anything covered in rainbow sprinkles. So find your favorite reading spot and a glass of wine. We're about to revisit some literary throwbacks right here on the SSR Podcast. Hello again. The first question I put to you for this year's listener sode was, what was your favorite book as a tween or teen? Why did you love it so much? Sarah is going to get things started. Hi. I'm Sarah. I'm a relatively new listener to the SSR pod. I'm a children's librarian, so I do a lot with kids' books. And so sometimes listening to things about kids' books can feel like work, but I never feel that way when I am listening to the SSR pod because in this case, it's about connecting to books for kids and tweens and teens as an adult or remembering what it was like as a child. And it's not work. It's fun. I wanted to talk today about a genre that I loved as a child. I loved nonfiction as a kid, especially memoirs by adults looking back on their childhoods. And this is a category I've made up as I've kind of looked back on some of my childhood favorites. I wouldn't have described 
that genre and that way at un, by any means. But looking back, it's just an area that fascinated me in some books that really still have a hold on me today that I still will occasionally think about or that really shaped some of my thinking were these books where adults looked back at their childhoods. You have Peg Carrot's Small Steps, The Year I Got Polio. Feels really relevant these days, living in through a pandemic. Jean Fritz, growing up as an expatriate living abroad in China in her book Homesick, My Own Story. And Jili Zhang's Red Scarf Girl, A Memoir of the Cultural Revolution. I remember all three of these. I read over and over again. I read them multiple times. I was riveted by these worlds and experiences that seemed so far away, both time-wise and distance-wise. Their experiences were just so different than anything I could have imagined. I couldn't really imagine polio. I got vaccinated for that. I couldn't imagine living in a foreign country. I couldn't imagine living through some of these different like world experiences paired with the historical fiction of the mid-90s and the early aughts. So these were some of my attempts at reading widely and diversely in a book world that really wasn't yet set up for that. I'm not really sure how they would hold up to today's scrutiny or my own opinions now. I'd love to have one of these titles featured on the show because I am really curious about how they would hold up. And there's even more out there for kids these days in the genre from Jacqueline Woodson's Brown Girl Dreaming or Cece Bell's El Defo. There's something really special about an author looking back on their childhood and writing their story specifically for children children and tweens uh, to read. I love the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Sarah, I love hearing that the podcast doesn't feel like work to you, especially since it seems like it definitely could given the way you spend your days. Thank you for sharing so in-depth about the genre you loved from your early days. I remember liking books like that when I was a kid too, and I will definitely check out the specific titles you mentioned. Next, we'll hand things over to Michelle. Hi, Allie. My name is Michelle, and I can't get enough of SSR. When I heard about Listener Sode, I wanted to share my thoughts, so here we go. Question one. In my teens, I couldn't get enough of medical melodramas, namely anything by Lurleen McDaniel. When I picked up my first book by her, I was used to reading stories where things worked out in the end, no matter how contrived, so it was just shocked to me that the main character actually died. And yet, the compelling story, characters doing the best they could in the face of terrifying circumstances, Commit to love in all its forms. A message of hope, above all, kept me coming back. Thanks, Michelle. I wasn't aware of Lurleen McDaniel when I was growing up, but I did have a chance to read Don't Die, My Love for episode 89 of the podcast. I'll link to that episode, along with any others mentioned in the listener sode, in the show notes at www.ssrpodcast.com slash listen slash episode 174. I will also link there to all of the titles that our guests mention. More Lurleen McDaniel is on my wish list for future episodes. Riley is going to share her childhood favorite next. Hey Allie, my name is Riley. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I'm super excited to answer your listener so questions. So number one, my favorite book is The Tween with Heidi. For like a decade, I was obsessed with the book and anyone who asked got to hear all about it. Uh, my grandma gave it to me when I was little and I was really close with her and she had like a Heidi grandfather figure in her own life. So I could kind of picture her in the scenes and I love the scenery. I loved the Shirley Temple movie. I reread it recently actually. Found I've been like collecting old copies and I found one that I was rereading and it held up. It was really emotional. I really loved it. I was dying to talk to my grandma about it. She's got Alzheimer's. It was a conversation I wished we could have. But I didn't remember. I was very surprised. The book is full of like very heavy-handed Christian lessons, which I'm not 
sure I remember taking in as a kid. There was a lot of praying, a lot of lectures by adults about forgiveness, and that was interesting. I don't remember that part. Not sure how I feel about it. My grandmother gave me my copy of Heidi when I was growing up too, Riley. That would be a great one to revisit for the podcast. I appreciate you sharing your personal experience with the book. Let's move on to question two. Have you had any surprising or interesting experiences rereading a book from your childhood? I'm going to introduce Kate to start us here. This year, I reread the Gallagher Girls series by Allie Carter. I was obsessed with the series as a teen, but never finished it um, because they were being published as I aged out of the YA genre. But I ended up loving the newer books so much that I made it my goal this year to buy the whole series secondhand with the original covers, which proved to be way more difficult than I anticipated. But now I have all of them with their very aesthetically pleasing plaid spines and the very early 2000s covers, um, and I can reread them again and again. I love that you took on that rereading project this year, Kate. So cool that you have a full collection now. After reading the first book in the series for the first time for an episode in 2020, I would definitely like to dip into a few of the other installments down the road. Michelle is going to share about her rereading experiences next. Question two. I checked out some Babysitter's Club books for comfort reading early in the pandemic, and it made me realize what a collection of unreliable narrators this club was. Information about fellow club members in every book's intro chapter is filtered through the protagonist's interactions with and feelings about them. Not to mention the club notebook gave quite a slant on the babysitting jobs and sometimes a dig or two at fellow members. This is all so real. What a great reading of the BSC. Over to Holly. Hi, my name is Holly. I'm an elementary school librarian in New Hampshire, and I'm also a very proud and happy SSR Patreon member. So this is my little plug for Patreon. If you aren't on our Discord channel or if you haven't joined us for any SWR book clubs, they are tons of fun, and maybe 2022 is the year to sign up and join us. (laughs) Okay, so question number two, the book that shocked me this year, Stuart Little shocked the heck out of me this year. I remember liking the book as a kid, and I think I just took for granted that he's a mouse. So is he a mouse? The beginning of the book, I think I read the first page maybe three times in disbelief. It describes him as looking like a mouse in every way and behaving like a mouse. But where did this, where did Stuart come from? It says their son, quote, arrived. What does that mean, arrived? Did this woman give birth to a mouse or something else? I don't understand how we all just accept this and move along. (laughs) And then later in the book, he's totally creepy on his little date with Harriet, which um, was covered beautifully in the podcast episode. And then I felt like the book just ends. Maybe all of my like positive memories came from the movie because if you had asked me last year if I liked this book, I would have definitely said yes and asked me today and no, I did not like my reread of this book. (laughs) For the record, I did not ask Holly to plug Patreon, but I am so happy that she shared her experiences with the community in 2021 and also that it's been so positive for her. I have loved getting to know Holly and the rest of SSR's patrons this year. Join the fun at www.patreon.com slash ssrpodcast. Also, yeah, Stuart Little is super weird. If you haven't tuned into episode 154 yet, you totally should. My guest and I discuss the weirdness in great detail. Riley, tell us about your rereading. Number two, a surprising experience I had rereading a book. When I reread Running Out of Time, it was actually before I re-listened, or before I listened to your podcast episode, I reread it. And that book, when I was younger, was the first, like, holy shit plot twist that I remember. It was the first time I was shocked by a book. 
So when I reread it, I was like, this is going to be so great. I'm going to like, it's going to be like a craft lesson. It's like an expert take on like how to pull off a crazy plot twist. And I didn't realize that the plot twist happens on like page 15 or something. It's very early on. She hints at it heavily in the first chapter and it's like on the back cover summary. So I just missed all those clues when I was a kid. So as an adult, it was a much different experience. Running Out of Time probably had one of my first oh shit reading moments too. Do we think they added the spoiler to the back since we read it when we were younger, or did we just totally miss it back then? Either way, I'm glad I had no idea about that twist going into it the first time. Question 3 is all about which books listeners were most excited to hear held up on the pod, and which books they were most bummed to hear didn't. Michelle will kick things off. Question 3. I loved your take on Super Fudge. When I read this book as a kid, I mostly laughed at Fudge's antics and sympathized with Peter as a fellow firstborn, but your perspective on the parents and the family's move gave me a different perspective, but one no less fun. Michelle, when I come back to any of these books as a grown-up, I can't help but look a little more closely at the parents. So happy to hear you found that interesting too. Next, Riley will share her two cents. The book I was most excited to hear held up on the podcast, I think was Jacob Have I Loved. I have a bad memory, but... Something about that cover gives me like the warm and fuzzy feelings. I know I loved that book, so I really enjoyed your conversation on it. I actually bought a copy after listening because I want to reread um, because it sounds even better than I remembered. Um, I was bummed to hear that Little House on the Prairie didn't hold up. Not that I was necessarily surprised by that, but it's concerning to think about. Like I was given the box set of those books when I was six years old. I was like in the first grade. And uh, yeah, it's disappointing to think of my little unformed brain taking in anything problematic at such a young age. So many of us had that boxed set Riley. I remember getting it as a Christmas gift. The important thing is that we are able to reflect on the stories now and consider how we might be able to expand our understanding of those narratives. Thank you for sharing your experience. Question four was new to the listener sode last year and I kind of love it. Here, I asked listeners to share their dissenting opinions. Holly will give us hers first. Question number four, a dissenting opinion. You can come at me for this if you want to, but I did not really like Prairie Lotus, which was one of the New Reads November books. I totally appreciate Park's mission to write a more accurate, more inclusive story from the pioneer days. I honestly had no idea that Chinese workers faced so much racism and hatred during that gold rush kind of time period. The book broke my heart when Hannah, our protagonist, was talking about how it's illegal to marry outside your race and she hasn't met any other Chinese people her age. So she's like looking at this bleak kind of lonely future. So I liked some of the scenes in the dress shop and with her friends at school, but to me, Hannah was like a quote unquote perfect character. She had no character flaws and I just can't, I just couldn't connect. She seemed so much more mature and more rational than any of the adults in her life, including her father. And the character of her father just totally bothered me to the point where I really did not like the book. He did not seem to understand or care about his daughter in any way. And as a white parent, he seemed just completely oblivious to her needs. He did not speak up for her rights at all. And I don't know, I just found it a little unbelievable. I don't know. In the episode, you talked about how maybe he was sort of in over his head that he married this Chinese woman and had a baby with her, but I I could find really no sympathy for him. And And it affected how I enjoyed the book. You know I love you, Holly, but you also know from episode 170 that I don't agree. I guess that's what makes this a dissenting opinion. That being said, I remember finding several reviews of Prairie Lotus while I was preparing to record the episode that talked about how Hannah was too perfect a protagonist for kids to relate to, so you're not alone. 
Next, Riley will share what I would personally call the most controversial dissenting opinion possible. Get ready. As for dissenting opinions for number four, I don't, there's not been really any times I can think of when I'm listening and I'm like, wow, I so disagree with Allie, except like the biggest thing I can think of is that I don't care for rainbow sprinkles. I'm sorry, but that's it. I have nothing to say to that. Anyway, let's move on to question five, which is a new addition for 2021. What middle grade or YA book would you most like to see adapted or readapted for film or TV? Everyone meet Julia, who's going to answer first. I would love to see the Nevermore series by Jessica Townsend adapted to film. I think it might be in the works, and currently Nevermore is outranking Harry Potter for me. I find it really refreshing look at quirky magical characters and amazing world building, and I can't wait to see it come alive. I would love to see Nevermore on screen too, Julia. I did a little bit of digging, and it looks like the adaptation is in progress, but it's hard to get clear on the details or timeline. I have a feeling that a lot of us in the SSR community will be excited to see it whenever it happens. Over to you, Riley. Number five, what would I like to see readapted into film or TV? That would be camp. I was so, so glad when you picked that book for New Reads November. That is such a fun read, and I would love to see the summer camp scenes on screen. I've never seen anything like that book before on the screen, so I think it would be amazing. That would be a great adaptation. I have a good feeling about that one too. Michelle, what would you like to see adapted or readapted for film or TV? Question five. I heard rumors of a movie adaptation of Amy and Roger's Epic Detour by Morgan Matson, but I like her other books better, namely The Unexpected Everything and Save the Date. She's created an expansive universe of characters in the town of Stanwich, Connecticut, so I could see one season devoted to each book with characters from previous installations making cameos. Thanks, Michelle. I read Save the Date a few years ago, but have honestly not found my way to Morgan Matson's other titles yet. I'll have to check them out at some point, because you make an adaptation of them sound pretty good. You can rest assured that I was taking lots of notes while listening to the submissions for question six. What's one book you hope SSR covers in the future, and why? Let's hear from Diane first. Hey, Allie, this is Diane calling in from Minnesota. A couple questions I wanted to answer. One is... A book that SSR has not covered yet. I was kind of racking my brain and I thought of the book The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett, a book that was written over a hundred years ago, originally for adults and wasn't much liked at the time, but I think it's a fascinating book with complex characters that are very flawed and I think it'd just be an interesting conversation to have with someone um, regarding these characters, colonialism, racism, and Christian science, which I guess is involved. I just, I don't know. I think it would be a pretty fascinating book to re- reread again and to talk about in 2022. The Secret Garden has been on my wish list for a while, but Diane's points make me that much more anxious to discuss it on the show. What do you think, Kate? I really hope the SSR podcast covers the Judy Moody series in the future. I remember loving them as a kid, even though I didn't fully relate to Judy's moody persona. I thought she was so funny, and I'd be interested to see how the books hold up over time. Great suggestion. Those books were after my time, but I know they were super popular and deserve the SSR spotlight. Michelle will weigh in next. Question six. I'd love to see SSR Pod cover The Cat Ate My Gym Suit or There's a Bat in Bunk 5 by Paula Danziger. The mentions of Marcy's body and the attitude about Ms. Finney's title of Ms. may be best left in the past, 
but I'd still like to see how it holds up and take a look at it in the context of history. Also, given my teen reading, I'd be interested in your take on The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. Those Paula Danziger throwbacks sound absolutely perfect for future SSR episodes. And I have a feeling The Fault in Our Stars will make the cut at some point too. To be honest, I've struggled to figure out if I want to cover books that have been published so recently. But I think I just need to get over that. The people want John Green. Over to you, Holly. Number six is a book I would like you to feature on the podcast. When we read the We Are the Babysitters Club um, kind of essay collection this year, I was reminded of the California Diaries, an extension of the Babysitters Club um, that followed Dawn when she moves back to California. I remember having these books. I remember thinking these books were so cool and like edgier than the Babysitters Club and that therefore I was cool for reading them too. (laughs) I remember my copy had like lined journal paper, like white lined paper, and that the writing looked like the character's handwriting, much like it does in some parts of the Babysitter's Club books. So I would love to get a copy of this book and do a reread because I think I would find that I was sadly wrong about what I thought was cool (laughs) when I was that age and reading them for the first time. I learned about the California Diaries for the first time while reading We Are the Babysitter's Club. I guess I wasn't cool enough to read them when I was a tween, but I would definitely like to get into this series on the pod. I'm going to hand the mic to Julia next. I would love for SSR to cover the Swedish book in translation, Pippi Longstocking by Astrid Lindgren. There's definitely a TV series, old TV series, and a movie that uh, American kids might have been familiar with, but personally, I've never read the book and I'd love to know what it's like. And the other one actually would be any book by Tova Jansson. Uh, She's a Finnish author who wrote in Swedish, and she wrote about some characters called Moomins, which would be middle grade books. The Moomins are beloved characters around the world, as is Tova Jansson. And for her deeper cuts, she wrote a book called The Summer Book, which is about a grandmother and granddaughter who are grieving the loss of the mother, so the middle generation that connects the two of them, while they spend the summer in Scandinavia with their extended family, and they move through their grief together while exploring the natural world. I loved all things Pippi when I was a kid, so I can't wait to talk about her on SSR. And thanks, Julia, for putting Tova Jansen on my radar. I wasn't familiar with her. Riley will wrap things up for question six. I hope you guys cover, you guys, I hope you, <laughs> any guests cover something by Joan Aiken in the future. I'm not sure if you've read the Wolves of Willoughby Chase series, but um, I read them as a kid. They were written in the 60s and sort of like she revisited the series later in the 80s. For some reason, they were in my library as a kid, like all of them, and I devoured them and forgot what they were called or what her name was when I grew up and had these like very strong visuals of scenes from The Stolen Lake in particular, and I could not place them until I finally saw a copy of Black Hearts of Battersea and Nightbirds on Nantucket at a, a used bookstore recently and promptly bought all of her books, reread them. They're like an action-adventure series for kids, and they're like, I don't use this word really for anything else, but I described it to someone recently as they're like a romp, like they are just weird and super fun and they just end up in the most ridiculous situations and the way that they get out of them is just bonkers and the scenes are really vivid. There's a lot of like strange imagery and they've been fun to revisit. I did not read or even really know about The Wolves of Willoughby Chase when I was little, but Riley, you're actually not the first person to request that we cover them on the show. I love your use of the word romp to describe them and I promise that they will remain on my wish list going forward. Thanks for telling me about them. 
Question seven was another new addition for this year. What book or books have you discovered through the pod that you didn't read when you were younger? Get us started, Riley. Books I discovered through the pod that I didn't read when I was younger. I did not read anything by Louisa May Alcott other than Little Women. It was like a strictly Little Women gal. But after listening to your episode on Eight Cousins and Rose and Bloom, um, I kind of realized, oh, wow, she's got way more books. So I started looking for some when I used bookstores, kind of hunting them down. So I've got copies of like Joe's Boys and Little Men, got Eight Cousins, got Rose and Bloom. So I think this month I'm going to be rereading or reading those for the first time. And I just got from the library a copy of her journals. So I'm interested in reading those before I kind of dive into all of her works. December is definitely prime Louisa May Alcott reading season, Riley. I hope you enjoy them. Julia, you're next. More than anything this year, I've discovered new YA uh, via the authors that have come on as guests on SSR. Misfit in Love by S.K. Ali and also Blackout by Ashley Woodfolk have been really fun discoveries for me. It's been such an honor to talk with amazing authors like S.K. Ali and Ashley Woodfolk in 2021. I'm glad you've enjoyed discovering their writing too. How about you, Diane? What have you discovered thanks to SSR? Another question I was going to answer, a book that you covered this past year that I had never read as a kid, uh, Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry, which surprised I didn't read it back then because it is definitely my kind of book and I just fell in love with it after reading it a few months ago. Such a special story uh, about a time period that's important for kids to learn about and I just thought it truly captured the goodness that came about during such a an awful time. So I'm glad you guys covered that book because I probably I don't know if I would have read it. So thanks again. Thanks for all you do. Love everything about the podcast. Love the Patreon and I'm excited for 2022. Thanks. Number of the Stars is so, so good. I was thrilled to come back to it this year myself. And thank you for the kind words, Diane. I appreciate you. Now Holly will answer this question. A book that I totally missed as a kid, but I read because of SSR, was The Egypt Game. I don't know where I was for this one as a kid. Slept on this one. I loved it. It reminded me of like a happier bridge to Terabithia. I loved the little characters and their friendship, um, especially between the two main girl protagonists. April was my favorite character. I loved her attempts at sophistication and how she could be a little dramatic. I loved this story. And I also thought that the man in the antique shop sort of reminded me, I was picturing the old man character from Home Alone where everyone is like scared of him and there are these legends about him. But spoiler, he totally saves the day. So yeah, this was such a fun read. And I'm I'm glad that the SSR podcast inspired me to pick it up. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on the Egypt game, Holly. That was one of my favorites when I was growing up. Fans of the podcast know that we always wrap up episodes with book recommendations from our guests. This episode is no different. I invited listeners to share some of their recent faves for question eight. Michelle, what would you recommend? Question eight is a tough one because I read a lot to support my writer friends, but I keep coming back to Role Model, a male-male romance in Rachel Reed's Game Changers series. It deals with heavy topics, but emerged as a ray of sunshine when I needed it the most. Not to mention, I don't remember reading a black moment in this romance, which I suppose is appropriate given the disposition of one of our heroes. You're up, Riley. The best thing you've read recently is We Are Not Free, which is a book about, I think, 14 Japanese teenagers during World War II and their experience in an incarceration camp. Not only was it a story that I have just never seen in like YA fiction and that I didn't know much about, but 
the way it's told in like alternating third person perspectives would be hard to pull off for most people it's like a connected group of characters but each chapter moves with a different one of them and i heard you talking recently in an episode about for your mfa looking into like books that have alternating close thirds so i think this would be kind of cool to look into if you're still researching that i was just blown away by this book i've been recommending it to everybody thanks for having my back on this big mfa paper riley that's exactly what i'm writing about this sounds like a great recommendation julia what have you been reading and loving recently i would recommend two memoirs that have come out in the last year or two the first one is called we have always been here a queer muslim memoir by samra habib And the second one is called World of Wonders in Praise of Fireflies, Whale Sharks, and Other Astonishments by Aime Nizuku Matatil. And they're both beautiful accounts of women adjusting to new surroundings and triumphing amongst their peers in their careers and with their families and in their relationships and how they perceive the world and how the world perceives them. Fans of memoir, it sounds like you have two new titles to add to your TBR. Thank you, Julia. Last but not least, Holly, let us know what you would recommend. Um, lastly, um, a book that I've read recently to share. This is more of an author that I've read recently because I discovered her this year and I read her entire catalog. She's a middle grade author. Um, her name is Hina Khan. She's a Pakistani-American Muslim who writes middle grade books um, with characters who share her culture. Her most famous work, I think, is Amina's Voice. And then the sequel is Amina's Song, um, which are about a Muslim American girl named Amina who's struggling with her identity and fitting in in school with her friends and kind of exploring her religion and and just kind of what it means to be Muslim in America. Her mosque is vandalized. There's just a lot about kind of identity. But even though that's her most popular work, my favorite of hers was called More to the Story by Hina Khan. It's a little women retelling for middle graders, it's about Jamila and her three sisters and how their family life gets really disrupted. Their father takes a job overseas. He's going to be gone for a while. Um, her younger sister is ill, but Jamila is determined to write. She she has just been chosen as a featured editor for her school newspaper, and she is absolutely determined to write kind of like this epic school article. Like, you know, she's going to expose something or feature something that's just going to be awesome in the school newspaper. I absolutely loved Jamila. It took me maybe the first few chapters to realize that this was a Little Women retelling, but it's just done so well. Hina Khan has a few other books as well that I've purchased for my school library. We have a Muslim population here at my school, and I just love that I can represent them with these awesome middle grade titles. You should look into having her maybe as a guest even for the podcast. I think she just fits perfectly with our SSR theme of reading from diverse voices and seeing more representation in stories for kids. So I highly recommend any of her books. Holly, I will absolutely try to reach out to Hina Khan to see if she would be interested in being a guest on the show in 2022. Great idea. As always, I will include links to all of these recommendations in the show notes for this episode at www.ssrpodcast.com slash listen slash episode 174. Those links will take you to shop at bookshop.org, a platform that allows you to support independent bookstores online. When you shop those links, you also support the SSR podcast at no extra cost to you. As always, I so appreciate your support. 
A few of the listeners who participated in this episode mentioned their experience with Patreon in 2021, and I wanted to reiterate that we would love to have you join the patron community in the new year. You can join us for as little as $1 per month, and there are different perks at every tier of giving. Everything from access to our Discord channel and SSR merch, to bonus episodes and monthly newsletters. At the $5 and $10 tiers, you can also participate in our SWR Shit We Read book club, which I personally facilitate every other month. In January, SWR is reading Bethany C. Morrow's So Many Beginnings, a Little Women remix. I'm so excited about the book club and everything else Patreon, and I hope you'll consider supporting this little indie podcast by coming on board as a patron. Learn more and get involved at www.patreon.com ssrpodcast or by visiting www.ssrpodcast.com and clicking support at the top of the page. That brings us to the end of the listener-sode, friends, and to the end of the year for SSR. There will be no new episode next week as I take a little time off to celebrate the holidays, but I hope you'll catch up on any of the other 172 episodes that you may have missed. We'll be back to start the new year on Tuesday, January 4th. Our fourth annual Manuary will kick off with a conversation about the story of Dr. Doolittle, featuring Andrew and Craig from the Overdue podcast. You're going to love it. In the meantime, happy holidays and happy new year to the best listeners I could wish for. And of course, happy reading. SSR is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to the SSR Podcast. Check out our website at www.ssrpodcast.com for show notes and other information. And be sure to connect with us on social media for updates on upcoming episodes, behind-the-scenes inside scoop, and some good old-fashioned book talk. Find us at SSR Pod on Instagram and Twitter and search SSR Podcast on Facebook to join the group. To reach out directly, you can send me an email at hellossrpod at gmail.com. If you're loving the show, it would mean so much if you could subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share your thoughts with a comment. And don't forget to tell your friends, too. In the meantime, happy reading. I'll see you next time on the SSR Podcast.